Welcome to the Wainers Shuffle, the Inverness Caledonian Thistle Football Club fan podcast. The podcast more offensive than Chris Rock and packing a bigger punch than Will Smith. On this pod, after 11 games without a win, we have three in a row with Reese Thunder Bastard McAleer and Austin Allegro Samuels hitting the net via the powers. Logan Snake Charming, two last minute wonder goals out of thin air and Arbrose Dick flopping as we Roger the Smokies three zip. All that and the usual 27 years worth of ICT references back to tonight with a well conjecture and mild distraction. Right now, let's shuffle. What did Tarzan see when he found his screwdriver? There's it! Welcome one and all, I'm your host Andrew Moffat for this 51st Wine Shuffle Academy Awards podcast and joining me today is Best Hair and Makeup, Stevie Riley, hello. Hello. Uh, Lifetime Achievement Award, Andrew Young, hello. Hello. And, of course, best sound, best sound, making his debut on the pod, a very special guest panellist, yes, it's the dulcet tones of Mr. Ian Auld. How are you doing, Ian? I'm very well, I'm very well, thanks for having me, guys. Well, welcome, Ian. Before I before we start, I did ask Riley um, if we could get the number one ICTV commentator avail- in, but um, Chris McLennan wasn't available, so uh, <laughs> it's good he is, good he is, Stefan. <laughs> Uh, only joking, I think everyone listening to the pod um, who's watched the game this or last season can attest to the improvements that um, that you and Roscoe have made, as in we, we no longer have to watch the games with the sound off. So, you know, if anything, that's a that's a positive. Uh, have you been enjoying it? Yeah, yeah, I, I've, I've, I've loved it. Um, you know, the club asked me towards the end of last season to come in and, and help out, and, uh, you know, I was more than willing to do so. And then over the summer, of course, they've made... Uh, significant improvements to the the streaming platform, uh, the, the video. I mean, Andy and Don. I mean, fair play to the guys as well because they do a you know a tremendous amount of work. Before me and Ross, you know, we obviously turn up um, on time. Back at two, they've got, those guys are there setting up, and they're very often late leaving the stadium. Uh, and and the highlights that they produce are are top notch. So fair play to those guys too. But the club have and you know significantly improved the platform. Um, and I was again you know delighted to help in the summer. I, I love you know it's it's a hobby of mine. I love commentating and yeah, I'm absolutely you know uh, loving it. Super. Well, no, it's really good. It's professional, unlike ourselves. So um, now I say that with real sincerity. So. Enough of the sincerity, let's go on with the podcast. Um, <laughs> let's start with something we had to kibosh last month for obvious reasons. It's the return of Highland Highlight. What's been the standout bit of Cali Thistle action over the last few weeks for you guys personally? What, what are you going for? Chalmers, Carson, McAleer, Welsh, Cammy Mackay, Cole Donaldson? Or could it have been the pack of macaque primates that Billy Dodds has visibly shifted from his shoulders? We'll kick off with you, Mr. Young. Hey. There's loads, obviously, in terms of um, the, the last three games, but for sheer kind of get it up you value, it was the Wraith Rovers fan media account tweeting, fair play to Inverness social media guys and also fans for celebrating like they'd won the World Cup after being handed a win directly after the Wraith Rovers game, as if they should sort of be ashamed or apologising for having won. And um, they obviously realised how ridiculous it was and um, deleted it. But by that stage, it had been kind of screenshotted and kind of roundly mocked. And I, it was just wonderful. It's a great way to kind of finish the game. It made up for me not actually being able to be there. Um, I was going to go with, um, obviously, Chalmers' two late goals because it was yeah, it was a great do, as you know, Moff. But 
I'm going to switch to McLeod's goal last week, just for the sheer fact that, yeah, ability why you get up. Your moment is when I think we, we hit the free kick at the wall, free kick into the wall, and uh, the Dunfermline fans gave a little way as if it's a shit free kick, and then McLeod just runs up and throws a thunder bastard in the top corner. So, yeah, I'll go for that because uh, again, not just a strike; it's angle. He runs onto the ball as well. He's run away from goal, yeah. but then obviously swivel and put it in the, the top corner. So yeah, that's my Helen highlight for. This month, I'd go for the Dunfermline game in 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 general. Um, personally, it, you know, it was a it's a brilliant game. You know, obviously to get the third consecutive win was important too. Reese McAleer's goal, I mean, it's not for the first time this season he's hit them from that sort of distance and scored uh, sensational goals. But it, for me, last Saturday against Dunfermline had everything. The atmosphere was brilliant. You know, that's actually probably one of the first times that I've been in a lot of games over the years at, at the Caledonian Stadium that I've left thinking. Wow, that was really impressive. You know, the, the noise, and it's mainly partly due to, to our position in the commentary um, box on the far side, at, um, section 94, and alongside us. And they, they, they sang all, pretty much all the way through the game. But I love the, you know, the, the, the banter between Donaldson, Paul Worth, to a lesser extent, maybe Chalmers, uh, and then Todorov later in the game. And it just, yeah, I'm saying it to, to my neighbour Dave, who's a massive Cali fan, big listener to the podcast as well. Uh, yesterday, it just Saturday was just a real, you know, there was a real feel-good factor. Great stuff, good shout. Um, I, I, you know, there's a number of things I could say. Mark Lear, we're going to talk about him later on. Um, Carson's improved. All the lone guys have all made impacts, but I don't know what. There's something and we'll talk about this later on. But something Billy Dodds has done with the shape and the pragmatic a, approach to not having the ball, and I think that has paid dividends. And I think he did it. Uh, even in a couple of games that we'd drawn, so before the three wins. Um, so fair play to him for persisting and, and trying something new. And I think we'll talk about tactics further on, but I think probably just Billy Dodds coming through a very, very difficult period uh, that other that other clubs haven't had similar periods of actually sack managers. So fair play to Dodds. Uh, okay, coming up through the next hour we or so, we've got a league look ahead. We've got an even further look ahead to the playoffs. We've got Cami Harper. We've got the new home strips. And we've got... I, I'm going to have to ask you to do this. And we've got Reese McAleer. Can you do one of them for me? Do, do a quick Reese McAleer for us here. Okay, hang on. Um, put me on the spot here. Hang on. I'll, I'll need to get some context and build. Reese McAleer! That'll do. That'll do. Right. Before that, we've got game by game next. You got no soul, you rubber bumpers. Spit that. Well, well. Okay, when we last recorded a pod, we were eight games without a win. We generally defended Dodzy, then we extended that run to 11 games without a win. And I think anyone defending the gaffer was watching the games and looking at social media behind masticated fingernails. But football's a funny old game site, and so along comes three back-to-back wins for only the second time this season. We're going to touch on the, the part at Hamilton and Air Games, but before that, the most recent these three wins. Before we go into the Pars game, is there anything overall, gents, that you could pinpoint as to why we've seen such a stark turnaround in fortunes in these three games? I don't see a massive difference from the way we're playing now to see a month ago, Moff, to be honest, you might, might disagree, but I just think now there's a bit, of, a bit of confidence amongst the boys, you know, that that just, the, the bros game, the manner in which we beat race, I mean, that's, that's as good as winning 5-0, you know, you, you don't want to be playing those games every week and winning 3-2 with two last minute goals, but I think, it brings us close together. If you notice, like you was talking about the atmosphere on Saturday there, if you look at when we scored goals a couple of months ago, the players are all 
they're running celebrating, but if you look at now, we're scoring goals all together. So something's happened maybe in the training pitch where maybe one of the older boys has maybe had a word with the, some of the guys and brought them together. But it looks to be a more togetherness amongst the squad. That's just an outside looking in, but certainly on the pitch, we've been playing well, we just didn't have the rubber green. So, yeah, maybe just that little bit of luck in the continuity amongst the boys seems to push yeah. it forward. Yeah, you're, you're, you're down the stadium, you know, every second week. Do you pick up on any vibes at all like that? It's funny, the confidence, I think, is a key word there that Stevie mentions because in the, you know, in that run of games with it a win, I mean, we'll probably go on to talk about, you know, the, the, the games, some, well, some of the games in that run, but the air game was just, you know, the tiny little mistakes and, it, you know, there was no, there was no oomph about the squad, there was no, you could tell things were, you know, confidence was, was extremely low. And the Wraith game, although, and we'll talk about that, I'm sure, later on as well, the Wraith game, although the performance wasn't there, you know, snatching two goals right at the end after winning the week four, suddenly, the, you know, that's a, a real kick up the backside. And it's, you know, it's amazing just what, you know, a couple of goals you know, a couple, in a couple of minutes can, can do for uh, confidence levels. But yeah, I'd, I'd probably agree that, you know, that even the games where the side weren't winning, there were some good performances in there and spells and games and there were just those kind of little lapses, lapses in concentration, conceding goals, heads going down. You can see visibly there was, for me, there was a couple of occasions where there weren't, weren't a player and be, you know, you're looking at maybe Kirk Broadfoot, Sean Wilkes to kind of, you know, get get everyone together again. It wasn't there for me, but in the week since then and of course on the back of results and, and like Stevie said, that I mean, the players... You know, everyone was celebrating Reese McAleer's goal. There just seems to be a wee bit of a, a return of confidence. Okay, well, we'll go into the we'll go to the Pars game. Uh, in the preview for this game in the last pod, I said that in Hungary this is called extra work day, and did they have to work for this? This this was was this actually a complete a performance as we've seen all season, guys? Ay. Yeah, probably. Although I think the Arbroath game ran it close. They were very similar performances, I thought, actually. Um, what really what really impressed me about both games is how well we kind of played the ball on the deck and the interpassing. And the thing about that was it seemed to almost come out of nowhere, certainly in their growth game. We'll talk about that later. But we came off the back of a party game where it was played in a ploughed field and we conceded a really, really late goal and you could have forgiven them for the heads being down. And it was almost as if they went into that game and thought, Right. Well, we've got nothing to lose now. We just have to, you know, play the football we can play and 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 not allow fear to hold us back. And they were like that against Hearts Growth. They were like that really well against Dunfermline. I thought I thought some of the passing was incredibly slick. It was incredibly sort of um, fluent. One of the things I noticed was that um, just about every ball coming in from Chalmers and Sutherland was defeat. And I know um, I'm sure Dodds has been preaching that because we don't have big forwards and. Um, they're not going to compete in the air. But it just seemed in that game for some reason that um, they thought, right, no, you know, they were more focused on it. You know, they were playing the ball in the deck. They weren't being too hasty. They were kind of being a bit braver. Um, Shane being on the right, I think, has made a big Or I mean, I know Shane's been kind of, he's been all over the place, but there was a, a few weeks ago, he was playing more kind of behind the striker. And I actually think he was almost overworking. You know, there's a Morton game where he tried to do everything, but it was like he was all over the park. He was dropping back. And I think the discipline of being on the right uh, with either two strikers or with, as in the Dunfermline game, Doran, who also had an excellent game in the hole there. I think that discipline really suited, suited Chain. He's been a player transformed in the last three games. Cha- also, Chalmers playing on the left and having the confidence of those two um, goals the previous week, he per- 
turned in easily his best performance for us. He looked really willing to get on the ball. And with Dodon there as well, it meant you've got three players all capable of playing the ball in the deck. You talk, you talk about us playing the ball. What about when we didn't have the ball? Because they've had a fair run at the ball, especially when we started at second half. And we've rode our luck and there's been a couple of fantastic saves from, from Cali and Mackay. Like I just mentioned just before there in Highland Highlight, do you think there is a, a more more of a mind to have a defensive solidity when we don't have the ball very much in the way that we set up when Dodds came in to help McCann at the back end of last season, Stevie? I think so. I think, I think Barron, I think, what, 10 minutes after we scored the first goal on Saturday was pretty comfy performance. I mean, it was a bit shaky after there, but, I mean, I watched it with Wallace Duffy, who I thought was brilliant at Saturday. I think Wallace has got a, quite a, a bad start, hasn't he? Every time he started, I don't think we won up until Saturday, which is, yeah. a, it's not the best start, but, Thought it was great at the back for a guy that who I think should be a centre half, not a, a full back. But <coughs> excuse me, I think he should be um, played at full back rather than centre back rather than full back. But yeah, I just it's it's more again looking like, back to the confidence. I think those save save Bakami, both save were, were brilliant. I mean, the first one's at him from Toddy, but the second one when he scrambles across to the the post, a peach of a save. But again, that that because back to confidence, Moff, I think. Well, we're running that extra yard. I think we're pushing that extra yard as well. And I think that comes from, obviously, the bad past couple of wins. So it's it's good at both ends of the pitch. Well, let's talk about a guy with confidence. Rhys McAleer, what a strike. Uh, I'm in favour. Uh, Billy Dodds talked in a post-match about him having a goal at a season competition all to his own. I'm, I'm all, all in favour of this. And I think he deservedly got man of the match. And we'll have an interview with him very shortly in this pod. And we'll talk about his season as a whole. We'll talk about... We'll talk about you know why he joined, and we'll talk about what his future, where his future lies, and maybe there'll be a couple of exclusives in there. But um, how much of a complete central midfield performance was this from the on loan Norwich man uh, on Saturday, Ian? And obviously, you'll be sitting there with uh, Ross Tokley, and I'm sure he, did, he he's a big fan of him as well. Yeah, Ross touched on it on Saturday, and it's it's it, it's true what he said, and you know, very early in the season, I remember the Peter Head game. First game of the season, when we got our first glimpse of him, and you know he looked tidy on the ball. You know, there's been a couple of times this season where he's he's got the World Cup pass in his locker, where he can, you know, he can play the. I mean, more than a couple of times, he's I've seen him pick up the ball and and, and drill it forward. And I always felt in the first kind of stage of the season, he was trying too hard. Yeah, but now he's 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 certainly maturing and he's coming into his own. Um, and I think his partnership with Sean Welsh is really, you know, Sean Welsh is a good double act for him as well. I, 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 I know he very, um, he more than deserved his man of the match award. On he did get sponsors man of the match, didn't he? Uh, on on yeah. Saturday, I mean, obviously his goal helps. You know, um, sponsors, you know, will obviously look at that goal and, and give him it. But yeah, you're right. You know, the the complete performance was there. I thought it was uh, it was exceptional. You got to remember the pedigree of this boy. He played for Scotland on the twenties when he was fifteen. He went to a football in high school. Didn't go to a normal day to day high school. And uh, yeah, I think we're lucky to have him. And uh, he's the sort of player that I think owes a lot to Welsh. And he says I think Broadfoot's one of his best mates. So yeah, he's, he's learning every day. Yeah. Well, we'll talk about him a little bit more, but we'll talk about someone who has maybe gone under the radar a little bit, which is a really weird thing to say, but uh, let's go back to the Oscars as well. The, the 2013 Oscars best picture is, of course, 12 Years a Slave, and Aaron Doran has been forced to play for Cali Thistle for almost as long. He was in the hole again here, as you mentioned, AY. Is that his best position now? Yeah, yeah. Um, 
he can, he's still got good feet. He can still beat a man, you know, but he's not going to kind of beat anyone for pace anymore. And I think he's he's able to switch play really well and he's, he's got that really good vision. So I think he, and he's also, he's got that, that sort of composure there. He's able to shield the ball, you know, turn one way, turn the other and get it. So I, I think that, I think, sorry, that's definitely his best position there. It's funny, I was kind of looking back and uh, I think one of our, one of the forums, uh, and in January, someone's going to say, oh, Doden's finished, you know, he doesn't have it anymore, you know. And it's funny how short people's sort of memories are and how, how you know, how quickly they become impatient. Because you've seen him the last couple of games, and especially on Saturday, he was outstanding. You know, he barely wasted a ball. Mark Ridgers, one of the best goalkeepers in the league, can't all get a game. How good is Kami Bakai been? Took his chance, hasn't he? I think the reason he's in is because Mark was, was ill. I think that's, that's common knowledge. But, yeah, um, I mean, before... Saturday's game, I'd have Mark back in. I think I think he's the best goalkeeper in the league. I'll still say that now. Cammy's a great, I don't want to say an understudy, so I'm still sure, but he's, he's a great option to come in. But yeah, I think we've still got the best goalkeeper in the league warm the bench, which isn't great. But again, you can't you can't change a winning team. And Cammy does himself no no harm in starting this week, which I think he will. Next week, sorry. But yeah, he's, he's had a force. He's had his, how long has Cammy been there? I think he's been there, what, eight, nine years maybe? Um, he was in the, was in the cup, cup final winning team, wasn't he, in the bench? So, yeah, he's by his time, he's been very patient and it must be hard for Cammy knowing that most Saturdays he's going to train all week and basically warm the other goalkeeper up to take his, his place. So, yeah, fair play to him and, uh, yeah, he's had a cracking Saturday last week. So He was in, a, he's in what, SPFL Team of the Week, wasn't he? Based yeah, on yeah. performance. Do you not think, Steve, I mean, you were kind of saying that um, fair, play from, fair play to him for kind of starting again this week or whatever, but actually... This is the sort of thing where you think he might look back in a couple of seasons' time and say that these are two of the most important games of his career because he's made what looked like a pretty egregious error against um, Wraith, letting the ball underneath him. Yeah. A lot of people are immediately on social media saying, terrible mistake not to bring Ridgers back in immediately. And you can understand why people are saying that. Billy Dodds keeps faith with him. He's absolutely outstanding against uh, Dunfermline. And it's that sort of thing. All goalkeepers will make mistakes. If you remember Richards in his first season back time with us against um, St. Mirren, uh, um, New St. Mirren Park, he had a horrible game. He didn't have a great you know, first few months, mm. let alone one game. Absolutely, yeah. And uh, we stuck with him. And he's, he's barely put a foot wrong, apart from a couple of errors earlier this season. Um, since then, um, been a really good keeper for us. And with Cammy McKay, it might be that he's made that mistake. He grows stronger from it. Um, Excellent game against Dunfermline, maybe good for the rest of the season. And before we know it, we've got two, assuming that Mark Ridgers wants to hang around, we've got two more experienced now, in Mackay's case, excellent goalkeepers flying for the jersey, and that can only be a good thing. I love a celebration, you know, especially a Marco Tardelli-esque one. Look it up, Spain 82. Uh, first senior goal for 21-year-old Austin Samuels. Um, literally, it's his first goal in professional football. We can talk about McAleer's improvement. We can talk about Pearson's impact, although he's, he's now gone, unfortunately. Um, Hardy's skill, but for all of that, is Samuels' goal and the confidence that gives him not more important mainly because he is the guy that's signed up for next season, unlike all the aforementioned, Ian. Yeah, I think so. I mean, Billy McKay's been brilliant this season, hasn't he? And and Billy will always score goals. But I think it's important, you know, okay, Shane is also around as well, but we need a successor for Billy McKay. And, and um, I'm not saying Billy's going anywhere anytime soon, but, you know, it's it, Billy Dodds needs to have uh, an option. Uh, and Austin Samuels certainly, you know, um, was scoring with his. I got it wrong. It was actually his second touch because I missed his flick on with a header. 
but his second touch on on Saturday, and you know, you could see again that the confidence. You could just see, you know, from the rest of the the game. I mean, there was only ten fifteen minutes left, but enough. But um, you know, he, he wanted the ball a lot more. And the times I've seen him, he just looked like he was, yeah, struggling to get in, get involved. Difficult when you're coming off the bench, of course. But um, yeah, I mean, great for him, and and hopefully now he can start adding a few more goals between now and the end of the season. You remember when Billy Mackay first signed? Billy Mackay was rubbish. When he well, first, really, Adam really really first season as well. Really first, history of it. The thing oh. is, social media wasn't around then, so you know, know. They, they weren't getting they weren't getting pilloried on social media. So people are taking to social media and absolutely annihilating young players that have never played, you know, consecutive games in professional football. And, I think Sam was just a little bit settled more for you, and, and uh, again, what you said, I think I think probably Billy Dodds has had a. A side relief as well because it was a big call giving him an 18 month contract. I mean, I'm yeah. surprised we signed him on an 18 month deal, yeah. but um, a lot of shout out to Doran for the pass through, though. I mean, we were talking, he was yeah. talking about it in the whole that's that, that's Aaron Doran Cup final pass. That's yeah. that's where he should be played every week. One thing about Samuel, so is that he's also had to play wide left a couple of times, and that's not I, I don't think that's good this game at all. To me, he looks like a striker. Yeah. Okay, let's move on to race three, two, one. Where to start with this one? Like, like they should have been nominated for an Oscar in 2000 Christopher Nolan thriller Memento. We begin at the end. Uh, two phenomenal strikes from Logan Chalmers. Games like this do not come around often. One that will go down in the memory with you know it will go down in the memory rather with a fantastic end, just like that. Um, not if you're not if you're sure if you're aware of this game, yeah. Nick Ross v Hearts game, remember that one? And and, and then of course there's the there's the Nick Ross v Hearts game as well. Do, do, Ian, do you remember that that match? I remember it well. I remember it well. In fact, um, I'll tell you when I was sitting. I was sitting in the main stand at Easter Road, um, with a Cali Thistle club tie on. Oh, yeah. uh, so I remember it well. I remember it like it was yesterday. No, I, I mean I I yeah I I have no. Um, Shame in revealing that I celebrate that goal just like everyone else. Top man, top man. For for those not in the know, um, Aldi is a jambo, but um, he's obviously got a very, got a, a large soft spot for for Inverness Caledonia. Oh, yeah, absolutely, football club. Okay, um, so back to the race game. Um, you know we have won this, and the euphoria at the end was was unmatched for quite some year. I was at the game and um, ended up with a burst lip. I mean, talk about limbs. Um, but for most of this game, we were actually, we were actually quite poor, um, which was really frustrating after the previous week. And, and Dodds, he said in the, in the, in the post-match, analysis, post-match interview rather, that he was knackered, um, you know, he, he, we didn't play well second half, but he was, he was happy with the determination, which is pretty much what he says after every game. But was this, you know, they've got two red cards, we've got two late goals. It's this first bit of real luck we've had all season, Stevie. Massively, Moff, yeah. I think I think I think we were, we were pretty shit in the second half to be honest. They'd be brutal we were better in the first half. Um in my opinion I thought we were pretty rank in the second. But yeah, as I said to Dodsey, I think you just want one going on someone's arse, you know, an own goal, anything, an offside goal given to us. You just want that bit of luck and I mean the first one is very lucky, but he's still he's, he's first first one's a cracking dig, you know, it's obviously took a massive deflection, but the second one's a peller. I mean it's it's a beauty of a goal and yeah, just needed that luck, mate, and we'll take it and run. Chalmers, though, this is what I was going to touch on earlier. What sort of player is he? What's his best position? Where will he end up in the game? I literally don't know the answer to any of these questions. The guy's a bit of an enigma. Um, when he came on, when he came on as a, he comes on as a sub, and the first thing he does, I think he does it twice. He passes the ball straight oh, out of the park. Yeah. You know, there was, it wasn't just me. There was another fifty guys. You know, men, women, and children behind me screaming at him. You know, because they're so frustrated, and then. 
the guy, you know, so he's getting annihilated by our support. And then he comes up with these two goals at the end. He's just, he's just such a strange player. I, I, just, I, I find it hard to categorise him. How would you do that, lads? Do you not think he's got certain similarities with Tom Walsh? In that he's got decent feet. He can, he can take someone on. He can get by a player, I think. Um, maybe not quite as quick. But I think he's, you know, I think that that's the sort of player he is. He, he's going to play sort of um, in a wide attacking role. Not, I don't, not, I, not, I, not think. I don't know. I think he's either. I think he would either ultimately end up as a sort of second striker or number ten type position. In I don't know where to start off lower level Scottish football with us or lower, but or maybe he's been coached too much to be this inside left forward that modern football seems to love so much well, that's, that's what I mean almost like your sort of inverted winger sort of thing but he's, yeah. he's always going to cut inside but he will start off he's not going to be dead centre you know what I mean and that seems to, that just seems to be the sort of player that's very sort of fashionable now um, it frustrates me a wee because I think less of the pitch is used you've got a player like that but he's also very young though he's not had that much um, you know first time experience really yeah you need so, game time but at the end yeah, of the day you, you know if you're a lone player you've got to try and hit the ground running and he hasn't really done that. Um, I think Doz alluded to it this week, Mark, in his comments. I think his comments after the race game alluded to he's a talented player, but he's got to do a bit more. I think that's maybe maybe the work rate has to improve. And maybe that's just holding him back a little bit. See, so. I, I thought it was good against Dunfermline. I mean, I, suppose, I, know, I know what you're saying, that against Dunfermline, actually not that much that he did led to anything concrete. But he kept them very, very occupied. It's interesting because obviously it's taken McAleer um five months really to get into his to find a, to find his feet in this division. So you're asking these lone players to do it very, very quickly. So, you know, a player like Reese McAleer is taking five months, very difficult for these guys to do. Well, that's difficult, man. Yeah. Anyway, the final note about that was uh, Wraith Game is just, you know, every single player and member staff on the pitch. Um, after the game, which was fantastic to see for, for all the support. Um, Saturday, the 12th of March, our Broth at home, a 3-0 win. Listen, we can admire our Broth all we want, but how satisfying was this? I don't think anybody that has seen any of the 11 games prior to this would have predicted the score or that we'd be 2-0 up in 11 minutes. It was goals from Shane Sutherland, um, the aforementioned McAleer in the first half, Billy Mackay in the second, and I had a lovely day in the Highland sunshine. Uh, what can you pick, AY, was the main difference between this game and the previous ones? Was it, was it uh, the, the, the Dodds retractors, of which there probably will still be some, would say are both for shit? They weren't great. But t- I mean, two, two fa- I mean, I touched on these earlier, but two factors. Um, one, as I say, um, Shane Sutherland had an outstanding game and yeah. was on it right from the start. I think maybe scoring so early did his, his um, wonders for his confidence, but he was involved in both other goals. Um, also, the fact that, let's say, we passed the ball well, we passed the ball well on the ground. It's almost like we just thought, what the fuck, we can't keep um, kind of freezing or letting our levels down. We just, you know, we just, we just have to go for it. We just have to try and play football. We have to try and outplay them, play around them. And we did that. And the last thing was that we, we matched or possibly even exceeded their work rate. And that's one thing that our both have done better than almost any other team yeah. in the league this season. When they've beaten Kilmarnock twice, I think, this season, um, both times they've outworked them. And they didn't outwork us. And I thought that was absolutely tremendous. It almost feels like the team is, not that they looked unfit earlier in the season, but it's almost like they feel it fitter now. Or maybe just with the morale being back when they had the kind of the wind behind them, yeah, metaphorically, they kind of they just thought, you know, it made them work that bit harder. But I, thought, I think the last few games, they, they've worked very, very hard. It's been great to see. Ian, what was your take on this one? Well, again, I, I don't want to take anything away from the 
the performance from Cali Thistle, but I, I think are both they've they've kind of been found out. They've you know I I feel they're running out of steam. I know that the majority of the country would love you know there's this fairy tale thing narrative going on, and that's fine. But I wouldn't. I, well, yeah, I don't. I don't think Arbroath will get promoted, um, and you know, basic is that is that is that doing them a disservice? I don't know. I, I think Arbroath. Well, if you're, if you're asking it. if you're asking me that question, Ian, then I would say yes, they are basic. But I, I yeah. am a I am a detractor. I don't know about the other two. I think that's a little harsh. I think Michael McKenna's had an excellent season. Um, I think Nicky Lowe in the middle has been absolutely tremendous. I think their their centre centre halves have been great. You know, um, I mean Lowe, Lowe's been in and out of the team, but when he's played, he's played well. You know, and um, I think they're you know the centre defence has been excellent. So I think I think you've been a wee bit harsh. Uh, let's go back to Cali. Um, it was two thousand and eight Oscar winner No Country for Old Men in the second half when Dodgy makes the unusual decision to sub Kirk Broadfoot and replace him with Duffy. Now Kirk was not injured. What do we make of that? <laughs> Not that we know, though. He could have been carrying a little niggle. You know, was it? Been, he was. I was sitting along from that where my brother sits, and he wasn't injured. No. No. Well, fair play. I mean, if you said we mentioned Duffy before, I think Duffy could be a good long-term centre half. He's not right back, in my opinion. Um, and uh, yeah, as far as substitution by Dorsey. Definitely was. Big call. A big call because he was getting done for pace. Uh, and also a special mention for Robbie Dees, who has been channeling 2006 best picture film Crash as his tackling style this season. Uh, he was an absolute machine in this one. Uh, and incidentally, although he leads the way in the championship with nine bookings, he actually hasn't been booked in any of uh, the three games that we've won. The last three games. There you go. Doesn't get booked, we win. Okay, brief mention for the games we haven't covered. Um, Friday, 4th of March, Partick away, won the loss. Were we ever winning this game? Do you know what sticks in my mind about this game? Um, Right, I, un- I understand the frustration that supporters have. You know, they've travelled out from Everness on a Friday night. We've not had a win in eleven, um, but I thought in the second half that at least before Holt scored, I thought some of the stick that the team and Dodds got was was a wee bit unwarranted. It was a wee bit unfair. Um, right. We were we weren't good in the first half. I mean, it was a horrible pitch. We weren't good in the first half. We made the changes we made at half time. Sutherland came on for Pearson. Hardy came on for Samuels. They're quite bold changes. They made a difference. Um, we were the better team for 40 minutes in that half and then we lose a sucker punch and I felt good for the team and yeah I get the frustration but I thought I was kind of thinking there's no need to be shouting get to fuck when we've upped our game in the second half so that, that frustrated me a wee bit you know Hamilton away 1-1 draw better performance this is what I was talking about earlier it was more in line with I think how we played in the games that we've won um, Dorham is good in the whole Pearson was a wee live wire. We had a good few, good few chances. There's probably a bit of a, a situation where all these boys have come in alone, right? And they're probably not bedded in yet. If you look at that's still maybe, what, three, four weeks into them being signed, maybe a bit longer. But maybe now we're seeing the sort of fruits of that continuity yeah. and the boys have been in there for a couple of months because I thought I thought Pearson was good. And again, we'll maybe touching them later on, but he'll be a, a miss. But yeah, a lot of the boys, maybe we've just... We're thinking too much back then, you know, which should yeah. be hard, they should be Samuel. So maybe now he's got his set eleven. They can yeah. maybe or set twelve or thirteen, they can lay yeah. out. Good shout. Uh, and the two were home loss against the air. Well does anyone get any just forget about that. It's been the past, yeah, yeah. isn't it? You know, either either down there, we'd up there, you know, you know don't we live in the present, you know? Don't live in the past. We're sitting in the playoffs yeah. nicely. That's it. 
Okay, up next, Reese McAleer swaps mid-morning matters on Radio Norwich for the championship chat with the Winest Shuffle. You're a big posh sod with plums in your mouth. The plums have mutated and they've got beaks. You make pigs smoke and you feed burgers to swans. Now, Reese McAleer might be on loan from Norwich, but he's actually from Glasgow and he played for Motherwell as a youth. So Riley sat down and asked him if he has ever made a pig smoke, what he thinks of the pedestrianisation of Norwich City Centre and why is he so good? I obviously went on a bad run, but... Like it was, it was always going to end, and it was like when we were in the run, it was like, what do we need to do to to get that win again? But um, it was like nothing was falling for us, nothing was like even a tap in, like a ricochet into the goal. But obviously we beat a broth, and that was like the starting point to go on a run. But hopefully we can we can keep going, and obviously the broth game was we were good, we were good. So we were, what wasn't enough in the bad runs, we were bad, or but obviously some games we weren't good enough, and some games we were good, but. The broth game obviously has kicked us up a bit, gave us a bit of confidence. And um, then last week, Rafe Rovers left it a bit late, but it was magic. Just a wee bit, just a wee bit, Reece, aye, just a wee bit. But um, I was looking too much into the game. Obviously, you're obviously, I suppose, with a couple of minutes to go, you're just hoping get, get one goal, nick a point, and stay above them. But I don't think you expected that result, did you? To be fair, we were confident to go in the game. And um, Obviously, they had the early injuries with their key players as well, and I thought oh, this could be we could go in here and get a good result. And um, but obviously, we're kind of slack. We're passing, we see we're passing it to the pitch and that. But after that, I thought like we need to we need to give it a go here because they're doing it ten men as well. Um, so we started to try and get the ball and get crosses into the box. And um, yeah, thankfully Logan. A bit about yourself before we go back to start your career. Obviously, start of the season. Probably a bit frustrating because obviously you had to bide your time to get a proper run, and then obviously about Scotty get injured, unfortunately. But you've been ever present since. Um, how's it been this season for you? Then have you, have you enjoyed playing men's football? It's a lot different for under twenty threes. It's like it's not getting a ball, and it's like you need to get in about the game. You need to be, you need to compete with your opponent. But it's like it's, it's a learning curve in it. Um, I have enjoyed it really, really well, and I just hope to finish the season strong. And, Obviously, our main objective is to get promoted to uh, top flight. And you've obviously you've got Welsh next. Obviously, he's got a Welsh experience, and then you've got big Kirk at the back. Kirk's probably about fifty-four. I think he's kind of thirty-eight. But you've got some older boys around you. And stuff does that? I suppose with the mix of young boys as well, you have a good balance to the team. Aye, it's quite weird because I'm probably one of the youngest in the team, and Kirk is probably one of my best mates. It's up here, so it's like everybody just gets on, and it's it's brilliant. So it is. I see that I was talking to Cammy Harper before, like obviously Cammy's only twenty younger boys well, but he says that like the you, you talk to each other like you're all pals. There's no you obviously respect obviously older boys and stuff as you do, but I there's no really you don't really tell us a big age difference in some of the some of the players. No, nah, no. Nah. They're, they're all good they're all good people and uh, good players as well. So I think we've all got the same goal is to get promoted and everybody's pushing each other even in training the day. Um everybody just just wants that so bad. How's it? How's it one under Billy and, and obviously Barry and Kells? Obviously, Kell was out for a wee while with some illness, but the boys are characters. I'm sure you probably know. But how's it? How's it one under those boys? 
Uh, it's good. I'm enjoying it. Um, obviously, Baz and the gaffer used to play professionally and Kells did, but obviously gave up. But Kells is a player, I can tell you that. In training, I can tell. Uh, but obviously, the Baz and uh, the gaffer give us advice and for me, it's like I, I take it on board and I, I try my best to use it. And uh, yeah, I just, I'm, I'm enjoying it. Good evening, obviously. Got your loan for Norwich, mate. I mean, you, when did you move out to Norwich? About, I think we're about 17, 16, 17? Uh, 17, yeah. 17. 17. Aye, so young, mate, but obviously it's a big move to move from obviously Glasgow down to, down to Norwich. How was it at first, mate, moving down there a bit daunting or were you, were you up for the challenge? I was up for it, but like, I just take everything that was in my stride. So I take it day by day. Like, I'm, like the gaffer could say I'm the most laid back person he's ever seen. I need to get my rocket up my, my backside, but um, no, nah, at first it was it took a wee bit to settle in. Obviously, I was in my digs with house pets and stuff, and um, I had Scottish boys down there to help me settle in at Archie, Aidan, Big John McCartan. But um, yeah, it was it took it probably took a couple of months to settle in, and then um, yeah, the following year after I went back down after lockdown, I was flying. Aye. He made your debut at Coventry, made it, I guess, wasn't it? Yeah. Was that a big, big moment in your career? Uh, well, actually, I was I was coming on and Max Arms went down injured. So I was standing down at the dugout and the guy said, nah, no, no, not just now. Oh. And then I was like, oh, what? Then uh, he called me back down, so then I went on. But I hope it was good, but I just wish it was in front of the fans. But because it was locked down, there was no fans. So I'll take it. Carrow Road, obviously. I mean, obviously, even 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 when even on League One, mate, it was still getting full houses, mate. They've got quite a lot of support in there, haven't they? Yeah, even in uh, obviously, I'm not doing well in the Premier League, but they're getting some attendance at their games. Aye. And um, you can obviously see the fans are a bit frustrated, but it is what it is, isn't it? Like, no, no, no. We're, we're, we're frustrated as well, mate. We should be in Premier League start the next season, but no pressure yet, mate. You've got six <laughs> games to go. But yeah, this season, mate, obviously. I mean, I was talking to the boys saying I'm getting you on to do an interview they had to ask you about that goal against uh, Morton mate because uh, from the stands I think it was uh, I think it was in the net hit the ground before the keeper dive mate that was uh, <laughs> an old, old goal David Cooper scored for uh, Rangers I'd be back in 1987 mate you should look it up but how sweet was that to get your first uh, senior professional goal? Uh, it was good obviously I, mean, I was I've been trying to get a goal and I've been coming close and close and that was just a build up to the goal and it was I mean, I just took a touch and hit it, and it, thankfully it went in, to be fair, but uh, I was buzzing as soon as I got it, and obviously we won that game, 6-1, 6-1, wasn't it? 6-1, yeah, aye. Uh, aye. He popped out a couple, but I mean, goal against race, obviously, I think we was maybe 3-1-1, try to remember that, 1-1 you scored, didn't you? And then obviously, yeah. then against Abro, so have you given yourself any targets, you don't need to share the number, but any sort of goal targets, or just hit them and see what happens? Nah, like, before I came up here, I was just, planning and trying and play as many games as possible. Um, but I obviously knew inside that I can hit the ball well. Um, and obviously if you score and assist, then it helps the team, obviously, and it gets your numbers up. Um, but obviously I'm trying to get my numbers up and I just keep what I obviously scoring and assisting. Uh, and you're obviously ever-present. I mean, you're obviously, I mean, guarantee if you're, if you're fit, you've played most weeks of... Uh... Norwich been keeping tabs on you. Have you, have you had any sort of dialogue with Norwich since you've been up the road? 
Yeah, yeah, the loans manager phones me every every Saturday after the game and just asks me how I get on. And um, he watches the game back. So he does, and he just tells me, like, you played well, you played crap, but you played all right, like, stuff like that. But, yeah, they know, like, how I'm getting on and stuff like that, so. It's good, man. And then, obviously, next season, obviously, I, for us, obviously, the MLS fans and, and the boys and the, the, the squad, they hope to be playing, play the Premier League. What's long-term plans? Obviously, you go back to Norwich. That's a given, right? And then, would it be another year loan next season, or do you want to try and push to try and get to the first team? Uh, I think my I think my deal's up at the end of the season with Norwich, but they've got okay. a, they've got a fuller option. But obviously, my goal just now is to focus on these last six games plus hopefully the playoff games. Um, but that's just my goal right now. I just want to. Yeah, I just want to get try and get promoted, and we'll see after that. Like, I've really enjoyed my time up at Inverness, so I have so. Yeah, I look at Bosnia. You don't need to say yes or no, but if if you didn't go back to Norwich, right? So they say, listen, thanks, but well, thanks, Reese, with a with another year in Inverness, maybe couple years, fancy. I'll definitely think about it. Um, obviously, I, obviously, I really really enjoy it up here, and it's because uh, I'm young as well. I, I want to play. Um. At Norwich, I don't know if I'll play, um, but I'll have a really good chance if I do stay here, and I, I do, I do play, so I, we'll have to see. Okay, is that an exclusive we heard there, Riley? We talked about there might be an exclusive earlier in the pod. Was that an exclusive? He said his deal is up at Norwich, and he said, I would definitely have to think about it, a quote, uh, and when asked about signing with us, and he said, we'll have to see. You know what, yeah, and I, I don't think it's been ever published anywhere or we spoke about that he's out of contract with Norwich and it was a bit of a, I would say bombshell, that's a bit dramatic, but yeah, it was, it was a nice thing to hear because I think he knows he's probably, he's on the move, I think, he, but he didn't say it, but he says how much he loves in the Vanessa. I mean, he, he's now living himself, he'd, he'd, he'd married Duku as a, a housemate who's obviously departed, so he's got a place himself and uh, loves up there, he just... He's a guy who doesn't really get out much drinking. He's just focused on football. And uh, he thinks Inverness is a place for him to learn more. And he, I think he'd be open to staying. I mean, I'm, I, I guarantee he'd be more suitable whether it be in the Championship or lower Premier League. But, I mean, if I was Inverness, I'd be, I'd be chatting to him now. And then um, testing the waters. But, yeah, he's, again, we're lucky to have him. But, again, it's sad that he's only come on a game because of Scott Allardyce. But I think long-term, Allardyce and McLeod are together. So, it's a good midfield. But if you look at his, if you look at how he's playing now, we talked about this, we alluded to it earlier on about he's the all-action box-to-box midfielder now, and all he mentioned talking about the World Cup passes, he's cut them out. He's basically cut them out, and he's concentrating on box-to-box, winning the ball, you know, battering into people and controlling matches. And I think we're seeing an absolutely first-class, first-class player here. And if the likes of, you know, Livingston and St Johnston scouts and that are doing doing their homework, then, you know. They should be chapping in his door for the contract as well because the guy is, you know, absolutely superb in the last, you know, since the turn of the year. I think. Yeah, I'm glad he picked up. No, I think he was he was doing the dags, wasn't he? His first half of the season, he yeah. was doing the Hollywood passes and stuff. But I think he's just again. I think it's a team. He's, he's what he's just picked up in the last couple of weeks as well. And again, the high press and yeah, he's constant. And I've said before, this guy played for Scotland under twenties at fifteen year old, so he's also been highly regarded. And I don't think Norwich. I think well, I know Norwich paid a good healthy fee. I think it was I think it was a few hundred thousand. So he's got a pedigree, and uh, I think he just needs game time. Now. I think you know Reese McAleary sounds like a you know a guy that's got his a good head on his shoulders, and he's enjoying the area. So you know 
the advice to him, not that he would listen to me, but the advice would just stay where you are. Just enjoy enjoy your football. Yeah. You know, stick around. It's a lovely area. You know, you don't need the the the, the, the central belt and the whatever that has to offer just now. Just concentrate on your football. Um enjoy your football, concentrate on it and, and, and it has and as he has done this season, improve as the weeks have gone on. Um and yeah, just you know stay kind like this up. If he wants to get games though, he would surely stay with us because Sean Welsh's contract is up in the summer. Um so you'd be looking you know, you almost be looking at stick on every week with him and him and Allardyce you would think and then a couple of others to add to the mix. But um I think with a player like that, the club can almost afford to be honest with him and say, look, all being being serious, you know you get games for us and it wouldn't take that much for a bigger club to prize you away from here. You know, the club can actually say to players that we are we're a selling club, you know. Use us, I mean we'll help you get a bigger club, but use exactly. us. Yeah. Uh, and then they, they probably do say that and that probably is quite a good kind of lure for, for these players, you know. Yeah. No, I see I th- I, th- I think I think we'll get a good chance of keeping them, but I'm yeah. sure the club will be speak to them already. Be a massive boost if we can for the fans and for and for those players that are staying as well, though. Okay, uh, knowing Reese McAleer, aha. Knowing Stephen Riley, aha. Missed opportunity, Stephen. Missed opportunity. Glang, glang, a lang, a lang, a lang, a lang, a lang, glang, a lang, a lang, a lang, a lang. Reese McAleer. Baby, you're the best. Okay, this was at the end of February, but a quick mention for the young team in, uh, in under 18s who narrowly lost 2 1 to Hearts uh, at Tynecastle in the Scottish Youth Cup despite dominating large portions of the game and having some fantastic possession and chances. Uh, special mention in that game, from my perspective, from the central midfield two of McInnes and Thompson, who were all action the latter. Definitely a baller. I expect him to make a step up in the near future. Uh, and Barron and Cairns were also really good up, uh, outlets up front and had, had no lack of skill. Uh, which bodes well for the future. I've just noticed that Cairns has actually gone on loan to Fort William for the end of the season. So good luck in 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 there. Uh, can I call it a doomed relegation dogfight? I don't know. Um, but how good it would be, guys, if we could actually create a striker. You know, I, I thought about this when I was watching Cairns from the youth team. You can then actually produce for the first team. And when was the last time we actually we actually did that? We don't really have a huge track record of creating. Strikers that have then gone on to to do to do well for us. Ah, uh, McAllister, Shane Sutherland. I mean, if you, if you go back to that, and even 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 Rory McAllister was, I mean, Premier League time, different times, but again, he had to go down the league to prove himself. Shane sort of proved himself in the Premier League, didn't he? He was a bit part player, but again, went down the league to prove himself. But yeah, I'm glad you touched Nathan Cairns. I, I like the boy. I think he's a really good player. But I think the standout for me is uh, Lewis Nicholson. Is probably a shame that. Cammy Harper's so young, but I think Lewis Nicholson is a ready-made left-back. You know, I think maybe long-term Cammy might look to try and cement that place, but I think it's testament to, I'll say, all these pal topes and the younger levels and then also up to, to Ryan, and I know Cut Broadfoot's been helping out. Jim Vincent done it before, so I think having players that are in the first team coaching younger boys, it's an easy step for the boys to move up to train with the first team. You know, the, the bridge isn't that far, so yeah, I think I think Probably your, your system probably as good as it's ever been, and if the latest news I've seen about the, the stuff at the IRA is going to come to fruition, then it's going to look a lot more brighter in the next uh, couple of years, isn't it? It's about that step, though, isn't it? Because the youth system's always been good, and it's not just because of the professionals that are coaching under the teens. It's physical, I think, and uh, again, boy Harry Enham, who I think, think he's still at Brora, I'm sure, alone, but good little player, but just looks so small, though. That's the thing, you don't really get 
big guys, you know, you look back to like say Grant Monroe coming through. Um, if you remember boys that back in the day, I'm going way back, Andrew Allen, Lewis McKinnon, who you remember them off. Stevie, Stevie, it's a, a, a train with them when I, when I was there, the same age as And um, big boys, but we, but we haven't we haven't created centre halves like that, you know, the centre halves like that haven't come through. Grant Monroe and, Grant Monroe and Andrew Allen are the, and um, the boy that went to Elgin are the only three I can think of. Matthew Cooper. Jamie Duff. Jamie Duff. Jamie Duff. I have Cooper as well. well. Cooper was a fullback in the centre half. But I thought Cooper came up on came up from somewhere else. But did he come through our system? I think I he will. Maybe I the last. He was, he was certainly there in the eighteens. Maybe we got him from like mm. I don't know sixteens. But I think it's just we've got a lot of technically good boys. I think if you look at under eighteens, they look good. And you, you were at the game at Tynecastle more often. I just think it's not it's not a te- it's not technical or skill. I think it's the physicality that holds some yeah. of the boys back. If you look at I mean who about Andy Skinner years ago, Andrew McRae. Uh, young boys up front, they're always small. We don't seem to have that big. I, don't I, mean thought, big... I did. I did think that the. I don't think there wasn't a big disparity between the physicality of the Hearts boys and the physicality of the Cali Thistle boys. I thought Cairns. Right. I thought Cairns himself was really good. I thought he handled mm-hmm. himself with his back to go really, really well. And if you can do that and keep developing your yourself and your physique, then you could stand a good chance of coming in and playing. Because the problem is at the level that any championship team is at. You've almost got to, you've got to be competitive in every game. You know you're going to get bullied in every game. So if you don't like, you, it's great having the technique, but if you don't have the physique, you're you're almost done before you even start. I mean, I'm a baby. And, I mean, I'm I'm probably just ruining everything I said before. But Christie wasn't that big when he came in. He was just a skillful player that could. But he, he came could make in. A he he came into a good Premier League side. Mm. He didn't. He didn't. He didn't. didn't come into a team in the Championship that has to scrap. This is what Macaulay was Michael Lear saying in the interview. Aye. He's got he's learned that he has to scrap before he can play. For McDonald, up the castle, Liverness men, we cheese hustle, Jenny Heavers, CCTV, PC's pizzas, Judas City, Farland Park, the library, Spectrum Center, Molly Story, Cali Thistle, the Golden Mile. So the Oscar Steen comes in, right? Big Oscar Steen. says uh, you're the whinest shuffle aren't you so I said yes uh, and he said I listened to guys having shites in the bog that sound better than your podcast so I said keep my goddamn podcast name out your fucking mouth the Oscars, <laughs> the Oscars the Oscars the Oscars you say what's the Oscars got to do with Inverness Caledonian so well you might have thought the best picture was the deaf drama Coda when in fact everybody knows that best picture is that one of uh, Liam Polworth giving it to the county fans, you know, and they're mm. that's that is best picture. So in that sort of vein, gents, what have you got? I think I misunderstood this. I uh, for best picture, I had Casino starring Shane Sutherland. <laughs> Good one. Good one. <laughs> Love it. I, I had uh, best hair and makeup. But that's clearly David Carson and his commitment to his Alice band. I did it, McInnes, for our best hair and makeup, actually. He seems to have kind of inherited Jimmy Calderwood's um, makeup sure. artist. He's got the sort yeah. of mahogany. Mr. Mahogany. Uh, uh, yeah, it's kind of like not really consistent with winter and airshare, is it? Right. Well, I, I've, got, I've, gone, I've gone slightly different. I've gone with um, Oscar winning movies with Ka- a Cali Thistle twist. Um, I like it. So how, how do you think, how, what do you think of these movies? Uh, the Curious Case of Benjamin Greenhall. Oh, Benjamin <laughs> oh, Greenhall, yeah. yeah. He was a curious case, wasn't he? Was a curious a character, movie. that guy. He won a, he won a, uh, he won a competition or something, didn't he? That's right, yeah. Uh-huh. Jose Mourinho picked him for Inter Milan and uh, 
became ICT. Yeah. Good one, Aldi. Um, the Grand Bucharest Hotel. Oh, I'm sure you boys yeah. must have uh, partaked in a few, uh, uh, you know, got involved in a few Grand yeah. Bucharest hotels. Our, 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 our hotel wasn't too grand, and our hotel was pretty uh, basic, wasn't it, really? Well, we'd a mansion, didn't we? Uh, yeah, yeah. three-story mansion, which was uh, cockroach-infested in the back garden, so that was good. Um, this one is a former Cali Thistle goalkeeper starring in his very own Oscar-winning movie. Um, now, my pronunciation of this word is horrific, but it's Le Frizz. We're keeping that in. We're keeping that in. <laughs> Les, Les Fridge Miserables. Uh, even better the second time. What about best, best villain? Party's mascot, Kingsley. Oh, Christ. Yeah. Aye. Aye, for actually, for Tottenham for Party, for best visual effects, I'd, uh, the ground staff at Fir Hill for turning the pitch into Yoda's swamp. <laughs> Continuing Ian's team, I've got the departed with Manny Duku banging them in down south. And funnily enough, Stevie, you actually referred to him as the departed earlier in the pod. Uh, right. Lord of the Re- Lord of the Rings, Return of the King of Graham Shinney ever came back. Best live action short. I've got um, Peter Grant Dunfermline until I die because that was pretty short. Uh, <laughs> I, I went for something more literal. Best live action short, Joe Hardy because you can't get shorter. Best original score. Everyone knows it's the 9th of December, 1995, the Highland Office Equipment Cup, 5-1 win at Grant Street over County. Feed the farmers. Anyone else for best original score? Uh, we have a bridge and a castle. Is that an original score or is that an adapted score? Well, we'll find out in the next section. The new strips were not out of March yet. Well, we are now. Uh, but a new home strip has been announced. I'm, I'm sure there were seasons gone by uh, when the first time you'd set your eyes on it would be in a friendly down Grant Street. So you cannot say this isn't progress. Uh, it's blue. It's red. It's also black this time. Positive. Uh, I like the black, black trim myself. I think the collar is a really nice touch. I'm sure a lot of kids and families will buy it, which I think some forget. You know, that's who it's aimed at. So, gents, have you cast your sartorial eyes upon this piece of apparel, and what do you think? Uh, we'll go Aldi first. You've, you've, you've got family, haven't you? you you'll, be, you'll be purchasing it for the, for the, for the kids? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. We've, um, we're the proud owners of a Cali Thistle strip. Um, I, I personally, I, I, I'm not a massive fan of it. Um, for, for me, and it's only just Scott, Scott Gardner's just messaged that's you off the comms. Done. <laughs> Chris is on. <laughs> Chris is on next week. <laughs> for me, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's. I, I see. I, I saw a lot of feedback online, and it's always it's always going to be so difficult with strips because there's going to be people that hate it. There's going to be people that love it. And that's that's just the way it goes. That's you know you're always going to get that whenever you release a kit. You're always going to get some people who will will pick apart certain certain elements of it. Um, for me, it, it, just put a red stripe down the middle. I, I, saw, I can't remember who I saw online. Someone just, yeah. just put a red stripe down the middle, and you've nailed it. And it, and it's true. And I, I know the club are trying to maybe just you know come up with something a little bit different. And and that's and that, and that's fine too. I mean, I remember even when when I was at the club and. I remember being shown the 2014-15 home kit, and I remember it first going, oh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if I like that. But the consensus was, yep, that's the one we're going for. And then 
it's iconic because that's the one the club win, win the Scottish Cup with. Yeah. Uh, and certainly, you know, it's, it's still, you know, talked about and, and, and certain fans still, you know, uh, consider it one of their favourites. Obviously, it's, it, you know, always going to be linked with that, that, that uh, incredible moment. But you're right. I think what a lot of people forget is it's aimed at families. It's aimed at kids. I know there will be a lot of, there will be some older people and, you know, like ourselves that will, will buy still buy football kits but primarily it's it's children and as you know as if long as you see plenty of kids around Inverness and the Highlands with the Cali Thistle strip on then ultimately yeah I mean that's the winner isn't it yeah I do I've got a wee being being about the the the, the lines I mean the, the club said they did ask 20 people and I'm looking at a message who said that we have a bridge in a castle. It's not. We've never said that. It's right. Never well, this, 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 this is this is the main bugbear, and obviously we can, yeah. you know, you can talk about the merits and the demerits of what a strip looks like, but you know, it's an aesthetic. Somebody at some point makes a decision, and that's what a strip's going to look like, and you know, it doesn't really matter, you know. But the, the the lyrics on the actual thing are a completely different, almost a completely different subject. So have yeah. a little look into this, right? Um, now I, I like to think of myself as um, you know fairly literal but we have a we have an english teacher in our midst um so the lyrics to the song that we sing stevie are to that line are what it's got a bridge in a castle right what is the correct english pronunciation of what stevie just said andrew the correct pronunciation or do you well, mean, well grammatically the, sorry grammatically yeah tra- the right it's the right thing that like transitive transitive verb would be yeah, we, it, we, we, it, would be, it, it, it would be it has or yeah, it could be we have. So the trans the transitive verb is we have. So it's almost as if someone some English pedant uh, <laughs> has decided to have the, the the words changed or it's gone through some spell check. I don't know. So is, is that so they're not gonna they're not gonna change the lines. That's it's already gone to that's gone that's to order. Yeah. yeah, it's too far. It, it won't change it now, but again Listen, kids will wear it, as Aldi said, his kids will wear it before they wear the Harps top because obviously Inverness is the biggest team. But yeah, I think um, kids will buy it, it'll sell well, it looks nice, um, but just, some of the trolling online is just a joke. And listen, if you're going to troll about football strips, then get, get a fucking life. Sorry, I, I was just going to say that I, I can, my initial reaction was that it was an overreaction, the stuff online, that people were being really petty about it. And I thought it was quite, you know, it's genuinely a nice idea to kind of try and make the strip mm-hmm. not just a template, but unique to the club. But, you know, when I, you know, then I thought about it a bit more and I just thought, surely to God, you know, they could just have, they could just have got it right. Because if you're going to do it, if you're going to do something that says we are one with the fans, we're in touch with the fans, then make, yeah. absolutely, make absolutely sure you've got it right. And don't leave yourself open to criticism, especially because, you know, there's always people that will want to believe that any board is essentially either incompetent or self-serving, and this is the sort of thing that immediately people will jump on. Do you know what I mean? So they've kind of they've scored a real own goal with it. It is, yeah, it is a difficult one. Um, there, there is a solution. Who's involved? Actually, with se- just tell Lewis Lockhart and the next to section ninety-four. The lyrics are now: "We have a bridge and a castle." <laughs> that's that's the solution, is it not? Done. Let's adapt to the strip. Yeah, adapt. 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 Listen. Adapt or die. Yeah, who, said who said that? Dakar. I know. No? I know. 
Well, fair play. At least they're getting strips out early anyway. It's, it's ah, anyway. all the you know, yeah. right. right. Okay, well, the, the whole point of this section was slightly different, but um, if you could have the lyrics to one of our chants on this on the shirt, what would it be? What would you have? Uh, Roy, Roy McGregor on a farm would be a good lyric in a, in a way shirt. I would buy that. Buy that for a dollar. Oh, mine was uh, if I had the wings of a sparrow. All oh, right, perfect. Uh, Ian? Um, yeah, <laughs> 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 this is my story. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we'll leave it at that. Anyway, uh, oh, sorry. Before I do that, very, very quick. Um, no one in this pod signed any non-disclosure agreements, as far as I'm aware. So, what does the away look like, Stevie? In fact, you're not allowed to say probably, but it's black and red stripes, isn't it? No, the, the away's staying the same. It's the white one. No, yeah. no, the white one's turned becoming the third. You get a new away. I don't have a third kit. I Maybe mean, we're wrong, but uh, keep this in if you want. But I think we're just going back to two, and the, the pink strip will be for alternative games. Might even run. Oh, well, there we go. That's another exclusive. Yeah. Doing, doing well this week, Steve. Well done. Listen, well, don't blame me if you see an away kit, but I think, I think we're just releasing one kit as far as I'm aware. Oh, well, you've ruined my, uh, my link out. Anyway, looking forward to the away strip that is rumoured to have woven into the material. Now he's in a hospital on a life support machine. <laughs> Inverness, what the hell? How you doing? No bars or cell for shitty weather, drugs and pissness. Inverness is a fucking business. Now a quick chat with a young man who will undoubtedly be looking forward to putting on, on the new strip and taking to the pitch a few more times next season. After 19 games this season, 14 as a sub and just four league starts. Young Mr. Cami Harper. The, um, the mood around the club we're recording this on the Thursday before the Dunfermline game so we've just had a, a nice two weekends against our Broth and Race how's it, how's it been mate? It's been good obviously uh, the boys are delighted with our last two results uh, I think it was long overdue on coming we always felt like we were going to turn it around really if you know what I mean um, training's always been sticky run we went through and we just we knew it was coming we were feeling hard done by in some of the games but it's just football in the end. And then, obviously, you've seen the Arbroath game, 3-0. They've been flying high. And I would say we dominated 99% of that game, if you know what I mean. So I thought it was a really good performance from the boys. Everyone was buzzing with the result, obviously, in the clean sheet as well. That's important. And then, obviously, last week against Wraith. thought we actually started the game very well. I think uh, Joe goes through and hits the poster bar and then... They had a wee spell, they ended up scoring. We equalised, thought, yep, we're on for it now again. And then they scored again. And it just didn't seem like it was going for us at all. It was just one of those games that didn't look like we were going to get the rugby of the green or anything. And then, obviously, Logan comes on and has a wee five minutes of madness passing a couple out of the park, like like myself, obviously, a few others. And, uh, but then he just, he just shows what he's about. He can create something out of nothing ends up scoring two really great goals and just absolute scenes after it. It's what football's all about, really. So, uh, the boys are buzzing and obviously training. It's been really upbeat this week as well. I'm just looking forward to this weekend. A god is a lot of um, Cali fans remember. Carlo, friend of the pod, gets, gets off released and there was a bit of a, a worry like, when Carlo goes. Oh, legend. And I'm going to ask you what your thoughts on Carlo are my thing. But Carlo goes, we're thinking, who do we get? Who do we send at left back? But we've got a ready-made replacement there. And you given the number three jersey, but before we talk about that, how was how was learning from Carlo and uh, yeah, how did you enjoy your time in the club with him? Uh, it was massive. I think I think I got really lucky in terms of having someone like Carlo there. 
for me my first few years of full-time football. Um, just even the slightest little things, like even my first year, just speaking to me when I first came in, like in the corridor, stuff like that, he would always say like, how are you? And stuff, chatting away to me. And then obviously when I trained, I trained with the first team majority of the time my first year. And then obviously a lot more in my second year and just little things telling me, just even just slight body positions and stuff like that. But Carlo was, he was great for me. And he's a great, great guy off the pitch as well. He, um, I actually bumped into him the other week and still even chats to me now, <laughs> like I'm still his understudy, do you know what I mean? And I, I don't mind it because if I'm learning from him, I'll be doing well. And uh, even asked me if I want to meet up for a coffee still and all that at this time. So, no, nah, I've got nothing but good words to say about him. Nah, he's a good guy. I like him. And he's doing well at County. Obviously, he's coaching over there now, so fair play to him. But obviously, you come in, you're basically given a starting jersey. And was that a surprise to yourself? I know you you said you maybe ready the season before. And then obviously, didn't get game time and had to go to Elgin. But was it something you were ready for or did it come too soon? Was that a surprise or how do you feel? Uh... No, it didn't come as a surprise because I, I I asked for it. I uh, I asked to get number three, so it wasn't as a surprise as such. Um, but I asked for it, not knowing if I would get it or not. But I felt like I was ready and I deserve it in a way. I, I don't know. Some people might disagree, but it's just in myself. No. Um, I was ready for it and I, I was wanting it, basically. We'll say a good solid first season and culminates in a, an under twenty one call up, but I feel that must have been a lot sweeter that you've got your uh, your little buddy there, Roddy, your under ten pal, uh, called up at the same time. Yeah, that was it was a bit mad to be honest. Uh, just in because of the I didn't expect it at all. Really, it wasn't even on my uh, my radar kind of thing. Um, I mind it was near the end of the season, and Neil McCann, uh, who was interim manager at the time one of our last training sessions I think we were we were training at the stadium and before training he pulled me Dan Roddy and DZ over and just said like look don't take this as a cert or anything like that but I've put your name forward for it and uh, so I didn't really think much of that at the time just because it kind of went over my head I didn't ah, it's not going to happen like Inverness boys won't really they won't go for it um and then a few months passed or something like that. And I actually remember getting a message from DZ. I was I was at my mum and dad's at the time. I remember getting a message from DZ saying, congrats, uh, bro. And I'm, I've replied to him saying, what are you on about? Like, I, I didn't have a clue. And he was like, oh, the 21s and stuff like that. You should get an email. Because he had got his already and telling him who was in it. I was flipping, scrolling through my email, scrolling. <laughs> Couldn't find the thing. But no. <laughs> Don't know what was don't know what was happening, whether it just came late to mine or what, but I didn't have it for another ten minutes or so. And then Scott ended up Scott Gardner phoned me, just congratulating, delighted for me and everything like that. And then I finally got the email running down the stairs, tell my dad. He was absolutely delighted. It was a proud moment, like just seeing the look on his face, because obviously he was buzzing for me. He's travelled to every single game. Don't know how many times he's done up and down through Scotland since I was a wee boy and it's just a proud moment and then obviously my mum, sisters, all buzzing uh, and a few more phone calls after that but yeah, couldn't quite believe it but I was just really excited for it. As, as a club obviously disappointed we, 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 don't, we don't get promoted but coming into this season a little bit of a change um, 
obviously you've had to fight for that place again with your, your good friend Easy, Mister. I can't keep a secret. Um, yeah. How's it been there? I mean, you, you get a taste of first team football. You get a taste of starting most weeks, and then they put a left back. I put a centre half out of left back and just uh, make him work a bit harder. How's it been there? I know you obviously you, you, you give me your own training stuff like that, but yeah, make it be a bit more difficult knowing that you're not guaranteed a start on a Saturday now. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think you should ever really be guaranteed a start yeah, uh, on a Saturday. Do you know what I mean? But I get what you're saying. But yeah, of course, it made it a wee bit more difficult. And at the end of the day, the gaffer picks a team on how he wants it to play and stuff like that. And you've got to respect that, which I completely do. But it's been a very frustrating year for me, to say the least. Uh, not I've played as much as I would have liked to, not started as much as I would have liked to, but I've still got to be there when I'm needed and I'll always give 100% for the team because I obviously want to get the club that I've been at my whole life back to the Premiership and where they were when I was watching as a as a fan kind of thing. Um, so I'll always give my, my best, even if it's coming off from the bench, starting five minutes, ten minutes, you know, whatever. But now nah, it's been a... I, w- I would be lying if I said I haven't been frustrated this year, um, but I think any player in my position would be frustrated given that you're a footballer because you want to play games. You you shouldn't be happy to sit on the bench, you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, it's been a frustrating year, to say the least. Nicely put, you could be a good politician, Cammy, but no, I'd be, I'd, be, I'd be disappointed if you said you were happy but on the bench every week and I think, uh, yeah, most fans wouldn't be happy, so I appreciate it and yeah, your time will come, mate. You've still got another two years after this one, so now, as we, as we, as we record, six games to go, right? So, What's the plan? Are we getting promoted or not? Keep us happy. That is the plan. Of course, that's the plan. I think that's always been the plan this season. Um, yeah, six games to go. I mean, it's near the end now. It's business time, really, isn't it? Um, but that is the plan, definitely. Promotion. Um, and we'll just try our best every week and see where it takes us. I like it. So, next season, obviously, we'll be in the Premiership, right? That goes without saying in this podcast. But long term for you, you've got two years to go. So, what's What's your sort of short, medium, long-term plans for, for Cammy Harper? What do, you, what do you hope to achieve in this wonderful career? Uh, short term, I would obviously say get the club promoted into the Premiership um, and try and play as many games as I can, really. Um, it's medium term, I don't know. Hopefully get a good season under my belt, full season, Starting every week, that would probably be my aim. Um, and hopefully try and get back into the under-21 setup. Um, long term, I don't, I don't, don't like saying it, obviously, cause, but I would like, obviously, I want to try and play at the highest level I can possible. I want to get the most out of my career as I can and play to the highest level I can. And just make myself proud and obviously my family and stuff like that but yeah just play as many games into the highest level I can Cammy says there and I quote it's been a very frustrating year for me he would have been looking for a, a lot more more than a, than a handful of starts eh? why, why hasn't he got them I think because Billy Dills is probably thinking that the the best way of kind of um building a solid foundation is to have someone who is, you know, a defender first and foremost in the left back area. And Robbie B's 
stepped up, did that really well last season, and he's just he's just carrying on with that. So that's what it is. You know, I mean, it's what's interesting is that any time Harper's played this season, just about it's been as a, a left-sided attacking player, which shows that Dodds obviously rates him as a footballer. But I don't see him kind of um, coming in as this kind of a uh, long-term left back anytime soon, unless they're doing a lot of work behind the scenes on that. B seems very much the kind of settled choice there. He says he asked to get the number three, which shows his confidence. He speaks very well, but the thing that struck me was his was his commitment. And he he's another player that's maybe received a bit of a short shrift from the fans this season because he's he has made some mistakes in games and and, and that's maybe not why he's playing as much. But then you obviously as a young player, double A sword, you need to be able to play to become a better player. Look at Reese McAleer. So. But he talks about being, you know, a Cali fan and saying, you know, I want to get the club back to the Premier League, and that's where they were when I was, when I was watching the game. So, from a fan's perspective, do you think, you know, we need to give him a little bit more, let's say, more respect, but give him a bit more time than than the other players might get, Oldie? Possibly, yeah. I mean, um, I, I felt I felt a wee bit sorry for 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 Cami this season because he hasn't had. The game time and when he has got involved, he you know he hasn't been able to. He has made an impact in some games. Um, the air game, he came off the bench quite early on in the game, and you know made. Uh, yeah, he didn't have his best of games. He made a couple of mistakes, and you know I think that it's a double-edged sword sometimes because sometimes you know you, you obviously you love to see local guys in your in your own team, but I think sometimes they get the the brunt of it when things aren't going um, the club's way and it's been a frustrating season all round for for, um, for Cameron Harper and you know I hope that he, he can get back into the first team get a regular slot I, I, I agree that you know I think Robbie Dees has been yeah I mean Rob, there's been a number of players that have been you know outstanding all the way through the season you know we've talked about Scott Allardyce Danny Devine my two personal uh, contenders for player of the year but Robbie Dees as well you know has been has been pretty solid at left back so there's not been a, a, a real need for Billy to change it but at the same time Cameron Harper I mean Ross is a Ross Tuckley is a massive fan of the deliveries and what he can do when you know ball to feet and get balls in the box so you know it's difficult to see where Cameron can slot in in the short term but again that flexibility I mentioned earlier on about Wallace Duffy at centre half and can play right back as well. Robbie D's around, Cameron Harper around. It gives Billy Dodds a few more options that he can change things and he knows he's got a left back there. But yeah, I mean, Cameron will be needed more game time sooner rather than later. Well, all the best to Cammy. We need to we need to promote and develop our own players. I think that the club's going to be sustainable uh, and not solely rely on Simon LeBon to subsidise our playing budget. League look ahead, let's look at these uh, five games coming up as a whole. We've got Ayr away, Kelly at home, Queen's away, Morton away, Hamilton at home. We're sitting third on 49 points at the moment. Given Partick's form, do we only need to win a max of three out of these five guys or maybe win two and draw a couple to finish in third? Or do we even catch our growth? I think we need 
10, 11 points from the next 15. Say 10. I think if we can get 10 points for the next uh, five games, I think we could finish second. As Aldi said before, I think, I think our bros bubbles burst. I think we'll talk about tomorrow as we record. Think, play, so play you're, you could we get 10? So mm-hmm. okay, so 59. You, you, we need, you we need to win at, win at Queen's, win at Hamilton at home last day of the season, beat Kelly at home, or no. early, or uh, eight away. And take something from Morton, who other than Kamarik are the, the form team in the division. I think three, so, wins, three, wins, three wins in a draw from the next five games. I think we lose one. I don't know where, but I think we take three wins in a draw. I think you're looking at that. I think you're looking at, realistically, two wins, mm-hmm. one draw, two draws and one defeat. So one, two, three, four. Maybe I think the maximum eight points. Maximum we can get is eight points. So that takes you into 57. I brought, I brought around 55 at the moment. So you're, you're saying we don't get a second then? It's, I would say it's unlikely. Mm. Right. And I'm, I, I'm, I'm positive person. I think it's unlikely mathematically. I brought you to shut the bed and, I mean, basically lose more than four of the next five games. They, they almost did it last weekend. You know, they were um, 3-1 down. So uh, they, just, know. They, know, they know how to score goals, don't they? So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think our brothel, I think our brothel pip us, um, but I think we'll get more than eight points. I, I I'm with Stevie. I think we'll get nine or ten. Actually, mm. I think I think we've got three wins in there. The way that the way that we're kind of playing. But the, 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 the momentum that we have. I mean, I'm saying we can get eight. But that's looking at it sort of pessimistically, I suppose, like Steve says. But you know, there's no reason to suggest why we couldn't win all of them if we won no, all of them. That's fifteen points that we could take. I mean, Kamarnik at home is a. But then Kamarnik's got five. You know, if we win that, then Kamarnik's got another four games, which they still need to get five points. Yeah, you want you want Kamarnik to win tonight. It's, it's five points, five through. points from twelve matches, so they're going to win the league. Right, the, the realistic thing, right? And this, so I don't think it's pessimistic. Um, we will have to have an unbelievable disaster not to finish in the top four. And I'm not sure how important it is whether we finish third or fourth. What's the big yeah. difference there? You know, we'll talk about also gives you time to. What the bloody hell is that? Someone, <laughs> someone squeezing a, a, a dog's chew toy. <laughs> What's that? Is that me there? Is that that? Is that noise? Yeah. <laughs> what he did? Just put my slipper on. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm keeping that in. Uh, right, let's talk about the actual games, right? Let's, on this day in football. Listen, we'll, this section I think we should rename On This Day in Football. Saturday 9th of April, 8 away. On This Day in 1860, Edward Leon Scott D. Martinville and his phono, his phono autograph machine makes the oldest known recording of an audible human voice, which is something you won't be hearing if you choose to watch Ayers pay-per-view. Aldi, you must watch some of these and think, uh, keep, keep going, boys. You're, you're making me sound very, very good. <laughs> Yeah, I would. I would never, I'd never criticise any of them because you know it's. I know how difficult it is, but yeah, at the same time, it, you know it's. Yeah, everyone's different, I suppose, and everyone does it their own way. Um, yeah, there's some out there that are. Uh, yeah, listen, fair, fair play them for giving it a go, um, but there's not. Yeah, some of them aren't great. Uh, you you listen to the firm, are you? Good politician. <laughs> Um, I have, I have, yeah, I have. No, different. Good though, different. Actually, do you know, yeah, listen, it's, uh, being different is not a bad thing, isn't it? You know, it's, um, it, it gives you that kind of wee bit of a, a wee bit of an edge, a wee bit of a quirk, and uh, I, I don't, I haven't, I've tuned into it yeah, a couple of times, I've seen a couple of highlights, but the, you know, the, the farmers turned into a bit of a, 
you know, a, a kind of a, a wee bit of a celebrity. Um, yeah. You know, he's got a wee profile, so, you know, fair, fair play to the guy. And he's obviously, yeah, you know, a bigger broad fan as well. So, so and it comes across on his broadcasts. He's got his own podcast now, and some people are calling it the second best championship podcast around. What? Who's the first? The thing is, just one Cornetto Morton. All right, okay. Anyway, are we winning or losing or are we drawing? I think we're winning. We're winning. Winning? Yeah, winning. Done, we're winning. Right, everyone get yourselves down to Somerset, we're winning. Uh, Friday the 15th of April, some terrible things have happened on this date. Tiananmen Square, Boston Marathon, but not quite comparable would be smug Derek McInnes uh, winning the league in our own backyard. But it... But it's a it's a Friday night, and Stevie, Carly Thistle play well on Friday nights, don't they? Yeah, get that pink strip on as well. Get it, I don't. It's a home game. Get the pink on. But um, I think that's where we we lose. Uh, if I'm if I'm going back to what I said before, the ten points. Yeah, this is a, this is a one loss at the five. That's what I think. Um, I think if Kamara come in the league that night, the tails will be up. And uh, I hope I'm wrong, but I think we lose that one, boys. I'm afraid. Also, Carly Thistle play well on Friday nights. Yeah, so. How about Partick and Hamilton and February and Mark? Just think about the county game, to be honest, Andrew. Hey, why we talk about the past, not the present now, okay? Yeah. Talk about the past. Moff okay. says that he lives in the present. Yeah, but that was a different segment. Never talk about the past. Okay? I know. Depends where my brain is, if it's in the past or the present, you know? We, we, are we all agree. Like, all day we're losing, I get, you, you'll be working that again. No. Not why it's on TV, so are we losing? No, I'm, Al Lamont and whoever else have ousted me and Ross. Although, I, you know what, I'd love to see a, a duel between... Uh, Ross Tokley and myself and Al- Alistair Lamont and uh, is it is it Rory Loy does the co-commentary I'm, I'm up for that uh, no we, we, we'll we be um, we'll be we'll be watching I'm hoping to be in the stands actually that day obviously uh, Aldi, if, you, if you did have a, a duel and it was a tag team you'd be going in there first you wouldn't be letting Roscoe do all the pummeling and then you'd jump in at the end would you Roscoe's the equaliser no. you leave him at the end he's the equaliser isn't he <laughs> <laughs> you stop him up the big man comes in <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And then I'm scraping my lot myself along the along the surface and slapping Ross, and he comes in and clotheslines so, boys left, right, and centre. Yeah, he's he's winning it for us. Oh, we've seen it. We've seen that before. Tuesday, nineteenth of April, Queensway. On this day, nineteen forty-three, scientist Albert Hoffman deliberately doses himself with LSD for the first time, uh, which is what every Cali fan does before they go for a Tuesday night trip to Dumfries. Uh, we'll, we'll, be, we'll be there, I'm looking forward to this game um, It's a pity it's not this weekend as we're recording I was like a little day trip down to Palmerston But um, yeah, this is another one This is this is uh, win number two of this little run of games I think uh, Queen's are relegation fodder So yeah, yeah. Bang on Alright, Saturday 23rd of April Morton away on the stage in 1985 Coca-Cola changes its formula And releases new Coke Which you can actually still get in the Norseman Next to the ground <laughs> Also oh, 10 shillings well, Greenock's the only place in the world where if you go, can I get a Coke, please? They go, you know, normally it says Pepsi or it. They go, is new, is new Coke all right? <laughs> uh, is this, is this, the, is this the, the, the big final Saturday away game of the season? Is this another one of your wins, Stevie? Same again. I think it's, this is a win. I think this is uh, the third win. Uh, we'll talk about Hamilton. But I think, uh, yeah, last Saturday away day until we get to the playoffs, touch wood. But, yeah, another win. I think Morton by then are playing for nothing, you know, and... Uh, yeah, another another three points for us. Hopefully, I don't know. I think we're. I don't think we're losing it because I think by that stage we'll very much have a sense of what we have to do. You know what I mean? Yeah, but, one eye, um, one eye. They, they are. They're a decent team now. I think. Yeah. And Emery's got them playing well. You know, so 
Yeah, draw or win. I'm not sure. Okay, Friday on the 29th of April. Finish the season on a Friday. Uh, What's effectively the last game of the season. Uh, On this day in 1954, the great American comedian Jerry Seinfeld was born, who of course said or wrote, Tuesday has no feel. Sunday has a feel. Monday has a feel. Friday has a feel. And of course he does because it's Friday night football again. Is there something, regardless of it being Friday night, is there something special about the last league game of the season, whether you're battling relegation or trying to get promotion or you've already won something or you don't have anything to play for, you can actually just sit and relax the game. Is there something special about a game like that, Aldi? I, I think there is. Do you know what? I'm just trying to think of all the you know, the end of season games and I'm trying to think I think Cali Thistle have quite a good record. I'm probably without checking the stats on this, I seem to always think that Cali Thistle do well towards the end of the season. Yeah. Uh, always leave it too late all day, that's the problem. We finish well but we always well, leave yeah. it one game too late. Yeah. Um but no, I think there is always that kind of of course we, we hope that it's not the last game of the season, but yeah, you know, effectively the last game of the in the calendar. Um and I would go a win again. I think there's, I think the, the feel-good factor is there just now. And I don't see that disappearing in the next few weeks. I think the team are on a, a bit of a roll with three wins. And that will carry them through uh, to the end of the season and indeed the playoffs. Seinfeld also said, Why do I always have the feeling that everybody's doing something better than me on Saturday afternoons? Sometimes I do these and I think nobody's going to get them, and I just hope one person that listens no, to that one guy, the one, like that one, like, two or three or four hundred people that listen to it, like one person listens to Seinfeld or uh, watches uh, or, or watched Highlander last night and or James <laughs> Bond or something. Right, the playoffs. The playoffs. So taking all of those at time of recording five games into consideration, where do we finish? Um, well, more likely, if we finish third or fourth, we're going to play on... So these are the dates for your diary. We're going to play on Tuesday or Wednesday, a third or fourth uh, of... Am I right in saying May? Yeah, I'm right. May. Right. Third or fourth of May in the quarterfinal first leg. The second leg is on Saturday, the 7th of May. Uh, we're likely to play Partick or Wraith in those games. So the away game will be, if we finish third, the away game will be during the week and we'll get home advantage in the second game, which will be on the Saturday the 7th. So the game at Caledonian Stadium would be Saturday the 7th and the away game would be Tuesday and Wednesday, third or fourth. Um, if we finish fourth, obviously it's the other way around. If we've, we've already talked about it, it's unlikely we're going to finish second. So put it in the worst case scenario, given the current form, well, not worst case scenario because we could finish fourth, but say we finish we finish third, we have to go to Partick or Wraith on that midweek and then we take them in the weekend. Do we win that two-leg playoff, AY? Ugh, I don't know. I, I've got this horrible feeling if it's Wraith that they'll, they'll, you know, they'll start beating us for the first time in 22 years. I would, for some reason, I kind of have a better feeling about Partick and it's just complete superstition. But if Park have got Tiffany back by that stage, Great and, if yep. and if they've sorted the defence, then I think Tiffany could make the difference over two legs. Yeah. I actually think if we get if we get through that, then I think we will beat our growth. I think I we'll was, beat our growth well, over two legs. That, that, that was that was my next question for for, for the for the floor. Um, you know, we've beaten. The thing is, we've actually beaten all these teams. Mm-hmm. All these teams that are round about us, including Kamarnik, we've beaten all of them this season. So the and if we actually on positive vein of form as we are on now we actually have nothing to fear Stevie do we? 
Yeah, I, 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 do, I do. It's just it's, it's the amount of games in such a short period of time. I mean, I get, I get it. We, I think it won't be race overs. I, I think it's, I think it's Partick. We play right if we finish third. We well, even, third. even even with their form, they haven't won in I, five. I still think we'll go over the line. I still think. I think tomorrow, as we to record our Bros game, might change that. But I think it's. I still think we finish second, but if we finish third. We beat we beat Partick Thistle. We're shattered though when we get to our Bros, right? And if yeah, we get maybe. through that, uh. it's going to be what St Johnston maybe, and. That's the thing. We need to finish second. I get it. If we don't, we don't. But we need to do what we can to finish second. That week yeah. off the boys is massive. But I just don't. We don't. We don't beat our bros because we're knackered, and we certainly don't beat St Johnston if we played six games or four games prior to those two. Yeah. So okay. So the dates for the diary for everyone listening will be. You know, if we do finish, manage to finish second, uh, it's Wednesday the tenth, eleventh for the first leg, and Saturday the fourteenth for the second. So if we did finish second, then. We would get a game at Caledonian Stadium on the 14th and we'd be away at um, probably um, Arbroath on Wednesday the 10th or the 11th. So looking at the Premier League, something most people haven't, well, I haven't looked at much this season, they actually play their last league game on the, did they play their last league game on the 14th or 15th? Yeah. So that's just very, very strange, you know, you finish your league campaign on a on a Wednesday or sorry, on a Tuesday or a Wednesday, isn't it? Yeah, it's all it's all I think the last few years have been midweek, but it's all weighted towards the Premier League team staying up. It gives them the momentum, you know, they yeah. don't want that, but yeah. So they so they've they they do that Tuesday or Wednesday, fourteenth, fifteenth, and then the first the premiership playoff first leg is the Thursday the nineteenth and the second um Playoff, which presumably is at the Premier League ground, is at the Sunday the twenty second. So Sunday twenty second, you find out who's going to be in the in the Premier League, and that'll be obviously when when Dundee clinch promotion last season. Uh, exciting stuff. Anyway, Billy Dodds, the best comeback since John Travolta, starting the season with Saturday Night Fever, flops, comes back with Pulp Fiction. <laughs> Okay, that's us for now. Before we all go, we just wanted to mention Ukraine and everybody, everyone's support for the Ukrainian people and the Russian people affected by the megalomaniac Putin. Great to see the Ukrainian flag flying at the stadium. Uh, and of course, our football club is a special link with the country. Our first manager, Sergei Baltacha, coming from Ukraine. I know a lot of fans and, and players have a lot of love for Sergei. He was the manager when I went to my first game. And a little, uh, a, 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 the same can be said for a lot of fans. So um, I'm sure I go for all, all you lads and for a lot of listeners when I say more power to the Ukrainian people. And the sooner they can get the special forces to drop in the clutch goes into the Kremlin and get the job done, the better. Um, now, oh, and a special mention for uh, ex Cali Thistle hero Paul Cherry, who is raffling off his 96 97 third division winner's medal on something called raffle.com or something, Stevie, is it? 
is, yeah, if you follow Paul on LinkedIn or any of his other social media channels, you'll see the, the link. Yeah, he's been very generous and stuff, and uh, yeah, I'm sure that's one a lot of Calisters fans would like to like to snap up. So, yeah, good effort, Paul. Appreciate it. So we'll, we'll, we'll share that on our social media channels, and um, people can, I think it's only a tenner, and you can win his medal. Um, now, we'll be back at the end of these five league games to chat about them and look forward to the, the playoffs in depth, which we are, are clearly going to be in. Uh, I would just say, looking at it this way, there's, there's not enough games for another 11-game winless streak. So, um, But I did look back on the last pod, and on the last pod, I signed off with this. We'll be back in March when the team will have undoubtedly started picking up some wins. Austin Samuels will be terrorising defences, and our playoff push will be back underway. So now I'm so I've got to obviously say something prophetic. No so pressure. We'll be, yeah, so we'll be back in April when we'll have miraculously won the league, um, and we're in the, and we're and, in, and we're in the Premier League. Is that too much to ask for? Mofradamus. That'll do me. Uh, until then, it's it's bye from them, Stevie and Andrew. Bye. Bye. It's bye from our very special guest panelist, Ian Old. Bye. Thanks for having me. Pleasure to have you on, Oldie. Uh, bye from me, and we are all off to check on the signification of the English verb in the transitive sense. And we might as well leave you with a bit of positivity and another classic Oscar winner. Take care of yourself and each other, and bye for now. Yo, Adrian! Adrian!